calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. This is Heidi Robenheimer, the Managing Editor of the CFA Institute Financial Analyst Journal, giving you a quick taste of what's in our second quarter issue of 2019. We open with a perspectives article on spending rules. In this issue, Spending Policy Customization for Institutional Preferences by James Jaworski, we are introduced to a new spending rule called the Purchasing Power Rule. This rule more successfully and reliably maintains the long-term purchasing power at the cost of greater distribution uncertainty and combines well into a hybrid spending policy. We offered another such perspectives article in the last quarter of 2018 called Evaluating Spending Policies in a Low-Return Environment. Consider reading these two back-to-back. We have five research articles this quarter. The first is called Revenge of the Stock Pickers. When ETFs respond to bad news with high-volume sell-offs, they create what the authors call correlation bubbles. That is, unusually high correlations among constituent stocks, correlations that are not fundamentally justified. After high-volume sell-offs, these outsider stocks offer a stock-picking opportunity. That is, those stocks that typically have the lowest correlations with the ETF as a whole suffer similar price losses as the other constituents. But these outsiders revert after a day, leaving strong idiosyncratic stock-picking alpha on the table for stock pickers over the next 40 days. In other words, bad news-related sell-offs in ETFs throw some of the alpha out, leaving it for others to collect. The authors illustrate with two event case studies in pharmaceuticals and financials, but they offer more generalized evidence of the profit available to a simple strategy. Buying these outsiders on high-volume ETF trading days and holding them for up to 40 days. This is the so-called stock picker's revenge. By the way, some of these same authors gave us a piece when diversification fails in the third quarter of 2018. Next, Jason Shu and fellow authors ask, what is quality? While factors such as value and momentum are fairly well-defined, quality is less so. The authors provide a thorough interrogation of quality factors that are actually used in practice. Everything from profitability, capital structure, earning stability, growth, accounting quality, investment, safety, payout, and many variants of each of those two. They look for validity of these factors by triangulating academic literature with evidence across markets and reliability across the many definitions of each factor. For anyone who enjoys a good factor backtest, both their methodology and their results read like a detective novel, and I encourage you to see how they went about answering the question. So, what is quality? Profitability and investment seem to be the simplest and most robust quality factors, but there's good evidence for adding accounting quality and payout to these two. This is a quality study on quality. Last quarter, we featured an article demonstrating how costs can be incorporated when exploring the benefits of various factor strategies. This quarter, Chow Lee, Gargan Picard measure and attribute the hidden market impact costs of smart beta strategies in their article, Transaction Costs of Factor Strategies. Every time an index or smart beta strategy rebalances, there's an impact cost from synchronous buying and selling in the market. Unlike other types of cost, market impact cost isn't visible in the NAV, but it nevertheless comes out of the investor's pocket and the strategy's alpha, and it can be substantial. The authors propose a simple and broadly applicable model for attributing impact costs to a number of product features. 
a portfolio's tilt away from the volume weighting, its trade volume, turnover, as well as the concentration of that turnover. Different factor strategies naturally imply different trading activity and therefore different costs. Look out for some good tables in this article, estimating and attributing costs across some common smart beta strategies. It won't surprise you that momentum strategies are found to be high in market impact costs. It may surprise you to see the substantial variation in impact costs for low vol strategies and the low impact of fundamentally weighted strategies. Impact costs and trade in turn imply certain capacities for each strategy or product. How big can each product be before the impact costs are unreasonably high? The formula for working this out and some estimates are also included in the article. This is a must-read for anyone designing factor strategies who may, through redesign of the index construction, improve on the capacity for the product. In a similar vein, our fourth article considers the cost of taxes to factor strategies and urges investors not to ignore tax management. Authors from the Aperio Group acknowledge that implementing and measuring the gain from tax management requires customization, which is probably why these benefits are not well covered in academic literature. Using an index investment and six different factor tilts, they show the significant gain in active return that's possible from tax loss harvesting within these strategies. By directly comparing tax-managed and tax-indifferent implementations of these index and factor investments, they are able to measure the tax alpha. The gains from tax management appear to be substantial in indexed and factor-tilted portfolios, although less so in the low volatility factors. Tax is inevitable and will ultimately reduce alphas for most investors. This article provides a good argument for prospective investors to consider their prospective factor alphas alongside a tax hurdle rate. Although this requires a fairly customized approach, when hurdle rates are low, as they can be in some strategies, there is value to that investor of implementing tax management within the investment strategy. And finally, Hartnett, Gerens and Pfaff speak to us about Trusting Clients' Financial Risk Tolerance Survey Scores Fiduciary duty requires financial planners to consider their clients' individual risk profiles. But some clients simply don't have a consistent or predictable risk profile. Are financial planners wise to use the risk profiles of these so-called untreated individuals? The authors use a large international sample of client responses to a well-tested and validated financial risk tolerance survey. They were able to observe changes in the responses by clients to the survey from 2001 to 2009, a period which notably includes a global financial crisis. They found that risk tolerance scores were fairly reliable and predictable amongst most clients. However, they found that clients with a high variability among their answers to the set of survey questions had unreliable financial risk tolerance scores over time and that these scores also changed unsystematically. They go on to argue that financial planners have a fiduciary duty to be aware of clients for whom standard risk tolerance scores are unreliable, particularly since the quality of these scores can easily be isolated from the rest of the client base for whom risk tolerance has been shown to be more reliable. There's even a call for financial advisors to share information about the volatility of survey scores to help the industry as a whole to better calibrate risk tolerance as part of the investment planning enterprise. This quarter's issue is a bigger read than the last, with more research articles than we've had in two years. To assist members, we've provided in-practice summaries of all five research articles on the CFA Institute members app and on the web at cfainstitute.org, alongside links to the full articles. Both the summaries and the articles will earn readers continuing education credits. Until next time, look out for early releases of third quarter articles on machine learning, financial statement anomalies, 
implications of successful forecasting and distinguishing between brokers and investment advisors. Online and on your CFA Institute members app.